This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Angela Marcus, and thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to be speaking with Stephen Morinelli, CEO and founder of Waggle.org. There's a harsh reality that many people face all across our country, and that's when a beloved pet gets sick or injured and their owner doesn't have the funds to pay for their veterinary care. Personally, I've seen this situation happen countless times during my years working at a shelter, and there's just nothing more heartbreaking than to see a pet surrender to the shelter, or worse, euthanized because their owner simply cannot pay. Today, we'll be talking with Steve about his company, Waggle, and how they're attacking this issue head on. Their program is poised to save thousands of pets' lives and help thousands of people keep their pets at home. And if you know anything about me, you know that keeping pets in homes is my mission in life. So I'm so excited to be able to talk with Steve about Waggle and make everyone listening aware of this life-saving service. We're going to kick off our conversation in just a minute after a message from our sponsors. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio. And a big welcome to Stephen Mornelli, CEO and founder of Waggle.org. Thank you for joining us, Steve. Oh, thank you, Angela. I'm really excited to be here and have this opportunity to chat with you and your listeners. So I'm so excited. Why don't you start by telling us where this idea came from? How did it start? You know, what what about this made you say one day, I, I've got to do something? It, you know, to be honest, it was almost an epiphany. I had reached a certain stage in my life. I, I suppose this is true for so many people that are listening to your call, where there was, you know, a sort of recognition in one's life where I felt I really wasn't making a difference. I was approaching 50 and I was growing unsatisfied with my career after the financial services meltdown. I was working in New York on Wall Street in um, area of uh, equity research and and uh, following the crisis, I moved to London and was doing a similar role only to find out that the crisis, the sovereign debt crisis landed over there and had the same impact. I came back and I was working in the consulting industry that gave me exposure to so much of the illicit and bad activities by bad players in the financial services space. And in the aggregate, I looked at all this and I said, I really want to go back and return to my roots and do something far more meaningful in my life than I was doing for the, for the last number of years. And that background was sort of an intersection of analytics and a passion for animal welfare. And one day I saw an article cr- come across my desk 
from Y Combinator. And some of your listeners may know who they are, probably most don't, but it's a very large technical incubator, if you will, that, that helps companies get off the ground and grow. And, and ideally in those uh, situations where they can make a social impact. And the valuation of these companies is now over $65 billion. So it's a, it's a real heavy hitter in the space. And to make a long story short, they may had made their very first investment, a sort of philanthropic investment in an entity called Watsi. And um, that entity is similar to, to Waggle. They were helping people, obviously humans in the medical space, those that could not afford the cost of medical care. And I can talk about what that model looks like and, and the difference it's made and the growth they've had in the last few years. But it struck me like a bolt of lightning that we could adopt a very similar model and help many in need, in this case being pets. I just learned a lot about you. <laughs> I, I know that, you know, on, on a few times we've chatted, I, I've heard a little bit about your background, but it's really interesting to see. I mean, it takes a lot of self-recognition to say, wait a second, I'm not, I'm not doing anything that I really love. And to make that shift at that point in life, I, th- I think that's remarkable. So, so yeah, so you, you had this article come across your desk and it just was that light, light bulb moment where you said, you know, I want to do this. So talk us through how you went from that day to getting the platform built and you know, out there in the world. And also, if you don't mind, talk a little about the process, about what, what does Waggle do exactly? Sure. So the, the first part of your question is, and the, how, why that light bulb went on, it was all about social impact and making a difference, right? And sort of putting a wrap around all these changes that have occurred in the last, quite arguably, 10, 15 years. I mean, if we think back to 1994, right? We're not talking that long ago. I remember being in graduate work, And my professor said, hey, have you heard of this thing called the internet? Isn't that amazing that it was, what, 15 years ago, we didn't even know what the internet was. And he he said, hey, there's this this thing called a browser, and it's mosaic at the time. It's so laughable (laughs) now, right? So the technological innovation that has happened in such a short period of time allows all of this creative thinking, allows all of us to go out and, and even, you know, someone like myself that had no background in uh, e-commerce or crowdfunding platforms per se, to take on new initiatives and see how we could change the world. So long story short is when I saw this model and I said, here's this young group of kids that's bridging the gap between these people in, in developing nations in Southeast Asia and Africa that were clearly in need of medical care and had no money. How do you efficiently bridge that gap between these people in need and those here in the United States and developing countries that developed countries that could help these people out, right? And that's the idea is how do we take away all of the middlemen that are friction in the system and in sort of a high impact, low cost model? And that's the efficiencies that the technology is facilitating today. So to answer your question specifically, while their organization was in human healthcare, they're was and is no one out there doing this today for so many of our our loved ones, which are pets today, dogs and cats on the the Waggle platform. And that was the at the core of what I wanted to do is how do we help people and their pets in need in a highly efficient way, in a way that affords donors security and peace of mind when they know the money's going. Going. That's the difference in what I wanted to accomplish with Lego. So again, a long answer to your question, and I can you know tell you a little bit of how we've developed that over the last uh, last year. So if I'm a person who has found themselves in this situation, you know, and I mean this happens 
every day, everywhere. Not many people have, and you know, a lot of people are asking the question, am I going to pay the bills this month or am I going to be able to feed my kids? Am I going to be able to take care of my dog's broken leg, right? So this is a very real issue that's happening all over the place. And and so say I'm this person and I've, I found myself in this position. I love my dog and something horrible has happened and I need help. What what do I do? Well, you're, you're absolutely on all fronts, right? And so our numbers that are very conservative and have been pointed out by some of our great partners, uh, Trupanion, Mighty Vet, and others, that this 500,000 pets every year that are lost for economic euthanasia is actually a very conservative number. And those numbers are in the U.S. alone, uh, not even counting just Canada. So very conservative number, huge impact, not only on the pets and their families, but on the veterinary industry, the doctors and the veterinary technicians that every single day are trying to make a difference um, in, the, in the lives of these people and the animal welfare agencies that you're so close to and the rescues and shelters and so on. So, yes, very real problem. And to answer your question, how does this work? Right. And how did we set this up? It's simpler now than it ever was and certainly simpler when we first started. Any of our partners, and that includes veterinary hospitals, rescues, shelters, foundations, the general public, um, or even past and, and current donors, any of our constituents can just point somebody in need to waggle.org. And because we've streamlined this process and dedicated it to giving back to the veterinary industry, and by the way, I should mention that Waggle is comprised of not only just the crowdfunding platform, but the Waggle Foundation, we can talk a little bit more about that, it's as simple as going to waggle.org and signing up as, as a veterinary partner, rescue shelter, or somebody that's in need, or a donor that wants to help contribute to the, the solving this problem. It's as simple as that. Um, and then I can walk you through in detail what those steps look like. Yeah, I'm curious because I'm sure, and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening would immediately think, wow, okay, this is, you know, this could be really good information to have at my fingertips should I find myself in this position. So as the pet owner, you go to the website, you go to waggle.org and you follow the process outlined there to create your pet's crowdfunding campaign. And I think a lot of people are familiar with things like GoFundMe or, you know, the other ones that are out there. Can you, how is Waggle different from that? So just as you said that the hairs went, I swear to God, my hairs went on the back of my neck <laughs> and my blood pressure just went up a little bit. And when, <laughs> when I think back to that epiphany, it was the recognition that, and I, I, I probably shouldn't say the term, go fraud me. It makes <laughs> me so mad that so many good people in so many instances are, are putting their money out there. And on average, the donations are around $25, right? What happens when that money goes across some of these other platforms? Where does your money go? Yeah, I don't know. I want to know, though, because I'm I'm eager to learn how this is because, I mean, I hear about people all the time saying, oh, I saw a go. I posted a GoFundMe. My, you know, my cousin passed away and we need help with the funeral expenses or my dog has a broken leg. I mean, all these things people are raising money for. Where does the money go? I don't know. And that's the part that I point out to every single person listening to your podcast is you have to ask that question. Where is that money going? You know, quite frankly, it's probably the, the vast majority of cases it's going to the right place. We hope. But you really don't know. And you see so many instances, you pick up a newspaper every single day and you find out yet another fraudulent case. And, and that's, you know, and that's in some of the, in some instances, we see it and our system catches it. We, because we're, we're so locked down and listen, we can't prevent every single bad apple, but because Waggle pays our money directly to the veterinary partners, we mitigate so many of the issues where people are putting up fake pictures, and they're putting their money in their bank account, or in some instances, they, they go to their hospital, who 
makes does the treatment, and then they never get paid. Yeah. And that's why we encourage our hospitals to participate in Waggle, um, because 100% of the money we raise are going to go directly to their accounts receivable, and there's no one out there doing that today. That makes so much sense to me because, I mean, personally, you know, I'm on, I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania, right? And there's this huge case with GoFundMe that a homeless man, you know, gave his last $20 to this person broken down on the side of the road. And, and, you know, it turned into this crazy viral story of how amazing this, this guy was and the family. Then they raised all this money for, for this homeless guy. And it all turned out to be a bunch of malarkey. I mean, it was all conducted. And these people, I mean, it was, it was horrible to think that they took all of these people's hard-earned money and just used it for their own gains. I mean, they were buying cars, it was taking vacations, it was craziness. And it really made you question, wow, what are you really doing when we give money to this? And, and the fact that you brought up the fake pictures is personally you know, impactful for me with Get Your Pet because we're, we have very similar mindsets, right? We're very diligent about monitoring for scanners, but this is also a very real thing. People will take advantage. They put up these fake profiles, they ask for money. So the fact that the money is going directly from your donors to the veterinarian who also has to say, I'm taking this money because I've performed a service or I'm about to perform a service. I mean, that is a very distinct difference between Waggle and any other platform. It is. And I can hear the passion in your voice as well. So obviously it struck <laughs> with with both of us and and you know and that's another part of it right so our cap our limit today is a modest two thousand dollars right and we're, we're actually going to raise that somewhat specifically when there are corporate sponsorships involved and that's sort of the uh the currency that help is helping waggle grow and our partnerships like maddie's fund and greatergood.org and and our work with mighty vet and trepanion that's the sort of part that is really accelerating our efforts because they're recognizing the value that we're giving back to the to the, to the uh with, with their help with uh, in, into the veterinary industry but that cap is also its own sort of check and balance. And, and what do I mean by that? When we first started talking to our, our emergency and referral hospitals and our advisory board, we said to ourselves, well, okay, what's the right number that we should be we should be giving? And interestingly enough, it wasn't five, ten, twenty thousand dollars. The hospital, down to every single one of them, said, you know, let's keep it modest. And it was in that two, three thousand dollar range. And I thought that was really interesting. And yeah. the, the logic was. We can help the far more people than, let's say we go out and we raise $50,000 for a pet. And you'll see this on GoFundMe. I'm not in a position to say that's right or wrong, but I'll leave that up to the listeners to go, is that the, the most effective and efficient way to really combat this problem that is economic euthanasia? We chose not to. We chose to keep it limited. One, I think it's healthy for the industry. Our veterinary partners who, who knew far more about anything veterinary related than I ever did, they're the ones advising me saying, you know what, this is that sweet spot. And I thought that was so interesting and, and so not self-serving, right? They, they, did it with, um, they did it coming from the right place and advising us with that. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it makes a lot of sense because, you know, you started this conversation by talking about how one of the biggest goals you have here is to do things efficiently. And I, I mean, I've seen a lot of expensive veterinary medical bills out there, but I've never seen one for $50,000. So, right. so I don't know what you do with that money. Um, but okay, so we got to take another short break. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how we can help with donations. How are you getting donations? And what are your challenges and opportunities? So everybody stay tuned. We're going to take a short break and hear a message from our sponsors. 
everyone. Michelle Fern here. I just want to tell you about a personalized dog food that I discovered called Puppo. What Puppo does is they take personalized nutritional needs for your pooch and they create a special dog food just for your dog. And we have a special offer so you can try it too. Just go to puppo.com, that's P-U-P-P-O.com slash Pet Life Radio, and you will get 14 days of personalized dog food delivered for $9. How great is this? Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio. We're continuing our conversation with Stephen Mornelli, CEO and founder of Waggle.org. So, Steve, tell me about this. How are you getting the donations? I heard you say corporate sponsors or some other. It sounds like there's some other ways that you're, you're getting funds. But what about individuals? How can they get involved? It's really as simple as going to Waggle.org and finding those pets that, um, that resonate with you, whether it's by breed or cause, or age, by geography, which will soon be one of our features. I think this is I think this is really what it's all about. There's so many great cases, and we know that we're giving back to the veteran industry. It's We just encourage people to go there and see what it's all about, to visit the WaggleFoundation.org website, which is accessible both by Waggle.org, and read about, you know, read about the board, and, and see, read about economic euthanasia. So many of our people that find out about us, they, they're scratching their head. They say, economic euthanasia. And, and I'm going to be completely honest. When I started Waggle day one, I didn't know what that term was. And boy, did we, you know, people are learning along the way now, right? And that, yeah. that, and that was that, that, again, back to that epiphany moment. Oh, I forgot to mention this. What if your donors listening on this call who have a loved pet, have a, a dog or a cat that's been with them 15 years or 12 years or 10 years, what if you, your mindset, this is what happened to me when I thought, I thought about my little dog sitting in front of me, Gracie, there's a rescue. What if you had to physically pick up and hand, if I had to hand Gracie across that table because I couldn't write a $500 check? Oh, I tell you, when you're talking about putting the hairs going on the back of your neck, I'm getting goosebumps because it's, it's true. And, and you touched on this briefly and we should revisit it because it's such a big issue in the veterinary community and the animal welfare community. These things are happening every day. And, and the one thing that we don't spend enough time talking about, in my opinion, is the effects that people working in these industries are seeing this over and over again. And they have to go from that. They have to go from, you can't write a $500 check and now we have to euthanize your dog to, oh, look at this new puppy visit. I mean, think about the emotional roller coaster these people are, are being forced to, to do every day. So what you're doing with Waggle, besides helping the pet, besides helping the people, you really have the opportunity to make a difference for thousands of employees in the veterinary industry, in the rescue communities that are dealing with this very real life issue every day. Well, you hit the nail on the head. I don't know if your, your listeners are aware of the term compassion fatigue. I wasn't. I had no idea, and I don't know if your listeners know this, the industry with the highest suicide rate in the United States is the veterinary industry. That's right. Isn't that amazing? And so this is why we developed an extraordinary relationship with, with Mighty Vet. And so that's another website that I encourage people to visit is mightyvet.org. And, and, it's, it, and this is the whole idea 
is bringing awareness to this important subject. They're doing fantastic work over there, giving awareness to this very important topic. I mean, if we think about so many people that go into the veterinary field and that uh, do it because they have big hearts, right? They're doing, they're entered this field not to to you know, earn a million dollars every year, right? <laughs> certainly <They're>, not. <laughs> certainly not. But they're doing it because they care. And so, some of these people that are giving back, they love animals. Every day, they're hearing some of the the worst conversations and having to do some of the hardest work. And I think that we know that that wears de- people down, right? And uh, it's heart wrenching and compelling. So I think that's you know another you know part of what I I want to bring to awareness here and as well as responsible pet ownership, right? I mean, so many of these people have found themselves in these situations that could have been avoided for multiple reasons, but one of one simple solution is to prepare for a rainy day. And that could be with insurance. And that's something that um, I hope people will, will think about after this call is, you know, how do we set money aside, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be, right? But right. I think having programs like this in place to have insurance, we do it for so many other parts of our life to mitigate risk. Why not our own pets, right? In the U.S., it's I think it's one to two percent market penetration, which is a really small number. I mean, how many of us have our children? You know, one percent of our children um, protected, yeah. <laughs> right? Why don't we do it for our our, our furry ones, for our loved ones? Yes, I absolutely agree. I mean, with uh, Get Your Pet, you know, we have a partnership with Trupanion. I heard you mention Trupanion. That is a company that I I just believe wholeheartedly in. I love what they're doing, and I mean, they what, what's the saying? You know, an ounce of prevention goes whatever. <laughs> I don't know that whole thing. Something along those lines. But, you know, I mean, sure, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very, it's, it's definitely makes a lot of sense. So, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and the best time to ensure your pets are prepared is when they're healthy. So don't wait to find yourself in a situation where, you know, your pet needs veterinary care and you haven't prepared with insurance. So go get the insurance now. <laughs> Visit Trupanion. Um, so, so yeah. Okay. And uh, so what do you say is your biggest challenges that you're facing right now as you are growing Waggle.org? I think it's about awareness, right? I mean, that's, you know, when people, when people hear about us and they go to our website, the light goes on and it grows organically, but like any other young firm, it's about um, with, with limited resources and that, that could be in, in multiple dimensions, whether it's people or money or funds, it's awareness and it, more people hear about us, we're growing, right? And that's the, that's the exciting part and it's the challenging part at the same time. And so I, I think that's what I'm most uh, thrilled about doing, having calls like this with reputable organizations and partnering great companies is getting the word out about what we're trying to do and, and about and about these issues in the industry that people probably about economic euthanasia that they had no idea that was even existed. Yeah, I, you know, one of the things I wanted to add to to what we were saying before is last week on the podcast, I spoke with Susan Russell, who is the new executive director for the Animal Care and Control Team of Philadelphia. And one of the things that she called out, we were talking some, a little bit about compassion fatigue. and But one of the things that she called out is the need for positivity in this industry that we're in, in the veterinary industry and the animal welfare space. Because of this ongoing every day, you start to get, you know, you get a little jaded, right? Like you're seeing people coming into to the veterinary hospital or to the shelter where you work and you, you're seeing pets being euthanized when maybe 500 bucks is all that makes the difference. And, and it just is very easy to get angry and upset. But what she said, and I think is very, very true, is things like what 
we're, what you're doing with Waggle is a huge opportunity for us to come together and to give people options. And, and it becomes a much more positive conversation as opposed to, oh my gosh, this person's just so horrible because they don't have any money to care for their pet. Like how could they find themselves in this situation? So, you know, it, that's one of the things that when you said exciting, that's one of the things that I find exciting about what you're doing, that you're really shifting the conversation into a more positive light. That's what the Waggle Foundation is all about as well. You know, I've been talking about the crowdfunding platform, but the 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 other part of this is how do we change the face of crowdfunding, right? We talked about the negative side with the GoFraudmes of the world, but there is huge power in network effects, right? In the in the synergistic effects that we were just talking about. When we put all of our energies around one cause, right? And we bring all these players to bear. That's where the sum becomes, you know, the, to- the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? So explicitly, when I say about, the, when I talk about the Waggle Foundation, we've brought on some amazing uh, board members like uh, Dr. Marty Becker from Fear Free, who I suppose many in the veterinary industry on this call, your listeners know of, and greatergood.org, and their executive director, uh, Liz Baker, some amazing veterinarians like Dr. Gerald Post. That's why they're being part of this conversation and have given us a valuable time because if we can change this dynamic, right, if we can, so we have the technology, but can, technology can be used either for good or bad. And we see the bad parts every day, whether it's cryptocurrency issues or, or fraud abuse we talked about. But the other side is we can generate huge sums of money in this case to solve a very real problem. And that is what the Waggle Foundation is about, right? So what I mean by that. It are the best practices that we can ask all these organizations to utilize. It's the programs that we're putting in place. It's the work with rescues and shelters and veterinary hospitals. When we change the view of crowdfunding and we, we have a safety and security for the donors, then, you know, whether it's a year or two or five, maybe there are no pets lost to economic euthanasia. That's the exciting part. And that's your vision, and I, I hope you are on your way to making it happen. So let's switch gears for a second. I want to talk about Pablo. I am in love with this dog. And so as the listeners know, usually on Take Me Home, we try to identify a dog that's in need of a home. But because of the super cool work that Waggle is doing, they're actually keeping Pablo at home with his owner by helping raise money. So tell us about Pablo and what his story is and what amount of money he's need- he needs to raise. And give us the, the details on Pablo. So the, the he, <laughs> users go to our website. I'm laughing because this puppy is so cute. Oh, it's um, silly cute. Silly cute, people. Silly. You need to just look at the pictures, if nothing else. <laughs> you know, this is a case right now that came to us through our actually our very first hospital and one of our biggest supporters, Piper Memorial here in Connecticut, and uh, their management, uh, Joanne um, Watkins and Rob Olson, who is just wonderful people doing great work. So, and it's local to me out here in Connecticut. They were really early proponents of Waggle, and they've been part of our program ever since. So Piper Memorial, um, and the, one of their clients, brought Pablo to us. It's this Chihuahua mix puppy that's in need of $2,000. And in so far, there's eight donors to Pablo. And I, I'm looking at his website now, and I can see the number of shares on Facebook and other. That's the part that I think is really neat to, about this, is these stories that we're writing about each of these pets are crafted by experienced uh, writers. Our lead writer is a former New York Times editorialist, right? So that's a difference too I want to point out because 
were helping these people, in many instances, would have a difficult time putting these stories together, right? They can give us the rough content, but maybe they're not really good about conveying that message. And you'll see that here with Pablo. We help them bring the story to life and we help them share it in a way that um, has a huge reach and is compelling. So, I mean, that was a little bit about, about Waggle itself, but going yeah. back to Pablo, my dog is squeaking her toy in the other room in the background, by the way, so <laughs> you probably want to ignore that. You know, Pablo came to us, and it's a really interesting case because it was a dog that was adopted out. And I like to see cases like this because, it, you know, it helps local rescues and shelters. We, we know it's respons- you know it's part of the industry is, is responsible pet ownership, right? It, working in concert, uh, this pet guardian with Piper Memorial um, brought this campaign to us. And it's a pet that would, you know, very likely um, without surgery could end up with amputation. And so I think in many ways it represents a case that I would ask your donors, go take a look at Pablo and see what we're doing and what can be done for him. And I think it'll, it'll kind of showcase what Weggle's trying to do. Yeah. So I just, I mean, because you were talking a lot and telling a lot about the process and that's really interesting to me because I mean, anyone out there listening and especially if there's animal welfare people listening, we all know how hard it is to go get donations. You know, it's very difficult when you're asking for a dollar or something, you know, that's one thing you're sitting outside the, the farmer market event, but when you're really trying to fundraise and you're sort of faceless in a way, because you're not sitting down across the table from someone, you really, the, the content is super important to be crystal clear and to tell the story. And clearly whoever's writing this has done a very, very good job. I'm ready to get out my checkbook. <laughs> so, I mean, Pablo, I'm telling you, you got to look at his the link to his site. It's going to be on the episode page here. Got it to raise this money. And I will certainly keep our listeners updated over the next few weeks on how Pablo is doing. But this little guy, he's just like this tiny little black chihuahua. He's about a year old, according to the, the site. And he's got a fracture or two fractures in his leg that needs to have a surgical procedure to fix. Any idea how the fracture happened or was it a congenital issue? You know, thanks for asking that, Angela, because it's, it's like a good, <laughs> like a good attorney. You know, you never, you never ask a question unless you know the answer, and I don't know the answer to that. Oh, okay, no worries, no worries. Well, it didn't say, and you know, I was just curious because as a Chihuahua owner, and yeah. I know they're little, like little tiny legs, and this guy reminds me a lot of my Phineas. So I'm, you know, I'm diehard Chihuahua person. Uh, if you didn't hear the whole story of Phineas at some point, I will gladly share it with everybody. But, um, but yeah, they have these little tiny legs, and he he, he does these crazy things. He jumps off the couch and I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? So, I mean, so I, I have to think that, you know, he's a silly one-year-old puppy and has was crazy little man. And now he's got this big cast on his leg. It's so sad to look at, but yeah, Steven, thank you so much. This has been really great. We do have to wrap it up. So I just want to let all of the listeners know, just as a friendly reminder, waggle.org needs your help to save lives. So you got to go to the website, make a donation, help them save more lives and help more people. If you have any questions about our show or have a suggestion for a guest or a topic, please email me at Angela at PetLifeRadio.com. I also encourage you to subscribe to Take Me Home on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again to our guest, Stephen Mornelli, CEO and founder of Waggle.org. Also a big thanks to Mark Winter, our producer, for making the show possible. Thank you to all our listeners, and I look forward to chatting with you all again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.